Broad Street Bully Podcast. Talking Flyers hockey. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's episode 337 of the Broad Street Bully Podcast. How you doing? Or is it the Backstreet Boys Podcast? Still unsure if we made the full turn yet to the Backstreet Boys Podcast, but I did not get to travel with them on tour this week, so I guess it has to go back to being a Flyers podcast. What's up? It's Drew along with just Doyle this week. Doyle, how are you? Jeff's not here. Are you happy about said events, at least that part? Yeah, I think we have a step up in our third mic this week from Jeff. Yeah, there's no one here. I'm just kidding. That would still be a step up. Uh, we actually have a uh, we have a guest this week uh, from the Edge of Philly Sports Network from Talking Philly Sports with Matty B, that which streams every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. on the Edge of Philly Sports Network. You can catch him in the uh, Fightin's final after Philly's games. And apparently he's going to brave uh, Flyers post game this year with a, a show called Clear the Ice, which will all be available on Edge of Philly Sports Network, which, of course, you guys all know about. But, Matty B., welcome to the show. Um, Boys, it's great to be here. Yeah, talking Flyers. Woo. Yeah, July. Here we are. Um, <laughs> we all we, we were really spent a good amount talking about the Backstreet Boys last uh, week on the show, and I really thought that was the direction the show was heading. I thought it was a good direction. Um, but like the Flyers, we have no direction, so I don't know what's going on right now. And uh, so, yeah, man, thank you for joining in and joining us this week while Jeff celebrates his lovely wife's birthday this weekend down on Wildwood getting getting skanky with it. Not her. Jeff is. He's a whore. But <laughs> my pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, man. So um, uh, so what did so I'm going to lead off with this just because we'll, we'll get to the one small tidbit of Flyers news. But since uh, some of our fans may or may not have heard of you before, what is your take so far on what the Flyers have done? this off season because i think our fans have heard enough about it and they've even lost me so don't hold back either yeah please no, um no, no. <laughs> if you want to call if you want to call them the c word go right ahead we won't bleep you out go go right ahead <laughs> listen so i, I you know I, I i fall into the same category as every other flyer fan out there it, it it's somewhat disappointing and disheartening that you know the rest of the league is charging ahead and we're still kind of stuck in neutral and even though we got the whole blank check statement back in the you know was it december january by dave scott i thought it was a a foolish statement because the logistics just didn't work out i mean uh the flyers were not willing to part with a very coveted first round pick in 2023 and and uh, they were delusional to think that or we were, were delusional to think that anybody wants jbr seven million dollars aav uh, and he one scores thing, though, goals that, though on the power play he has like <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. I, I just don't understand that. And then, you know, the whole, uh, I guess, falling on the TK and Proby swords, I've had enough of them, too. I don't know why they're not considered tradable candidates. I think we could make some moves for that. I don't know the Johnny Goudreau logistics. I think it's a lie. I think they were in on it. I don't know how deep they were in on it. But when a player of that caliber from this area wants to return here, and I'm sure his agent reached out to the Flyers and, and expressed that, I'm sure the Flyers at least kicked the tires on Johnny Goudreau. I don't know how deep they were in on it, but it is disheartening. But I do believe there's a direction, guys. I, I think that um, I, there is a direction. I just don't think it's a direction that we as Flyer fans are, are, are really patient to hear because we're just not patient anymore. We're tired of this. It, this rebuild or this retool or this middle road period has been going on now for, I guess, what, 12? If you want to be generous with 2010 being the last great year. Uh, 2011, uh, I would say, because they, they were uh, – one of the top conference teams that made their first Stieg trade, Ugh. Yeah. the deadline. I mean, so they were they were in it then. Then the you know Pronger coming off. But I, I want to st- before we get to the rebuild thing, I want to stop you right there. I think yeah. the Flyers absolutely were in on Gandhi, uh, Johnny Gaudreau. They they waived Oscar Lindblom. They bought him out. Was that more of a of a, of a Johnny Gaudreau move or just? We're just done with Oscar Lindblom. I mean, the production just is not there from him. Yeah, but uh, but my thing, money. I mean, I think that that was a sign they were moving towards it because they still signed uh, Nick Delarier after that, and then Braun. I mean, maybe that was a clear room for those guys, but I think um, unless you really wanted to switch out, like, all right, we're going to have one more year of $3 million for four years of 1.75 for a tough guy, Mucker and Grinder. I think that that was a move to leave it open for Johnny Gaudreau. Now, you don't uh, think it was a move to make room for the ten million they gave D'Angelo? I mean, there, there's we can kind of go back and forth on this. Well, money. yeah, I mean, that makes a little room for D'Angelo, but um, I think that was going to happen no matter what because like apparently, like uh, D'Angelo was actually just on Nasty Knuckles this past week. I saw a clip, uh, you know, with our, our buddy Dark Settlemeyer, Riley Cote. 
And uh, I, I, apparently, I think he's a good player. I like him. I like. I'm glad he's here. I think he's a really good player. Yeah. So apparently, no, apparently uh, he was he knew Philly was on the table and held his agent to push and pursue that because he really wanted to go to Philly. So the money was good. He like was like, I want to go to Philly. So if we can make that happen, let's do it. So I mean, I thought that was going to happen no matter what. And I think you know all the other bullshit aside, whatever we've already talked about it on here. But I think the Flyers were going to go after Johnny Gaudreau at least give it a shot. They had to. Yeah. Yeah, I think they kicked the tires. I do. Um, as far as D'Angelo goes, I want to ask you guys this question. Uh, is he here because of Ryan Ellis, or is he here because of a retool? Because he doesn't make no sense in a rebuild. He's a retool-type player. But is he here more because of, of Ryan Ellis really ain't ever going to play again? What do you guys think about that? Um, I would say that Ryan Ellis, I think he's Ryan Ellis insurance. I don't think he's a top-paired defenseman. I think that him and Ristolainen are both, like, four three or fours um but they definitely traded for him to play probably on the top pair i mean if ryan ellis does come back then you'd have a great defense but i just don't think if he does come back it's not going to be till maybe the middle of the season and even then there's people saying that he has a degenerative hip issue and he'll never play again so there's like no clear answer but it's either he may play again or he's never going to play again. Yeah, I think D'Angelo just an insurance policy there, like Doyle said, to add to it. And also, uh, hey, if Alice comes back, we're golden. If not, well, we have D'Angelo now, and now we have Provorov and Sandheim we could possibly trade. I don't know if they're going to do that, but, I mean, that, that opens up possibilities there for sure. Um, and he adds a little bit of offensive flair to your power play and your five-on-five, hopefully, to get him uh, – some good offensive zone starts and create some offense and score some goals. People buy tickets and don't realize the product's trash by the time December rolls around. So do you think Ryan Ellis turns out to be another Chris Pronger situation here? With, uh, we did talk about this last week, and unfortunately it's like, oh, every time we make these gambles, great move, great move. Good job, Holmgren. Good job, Chuck. And now it's like, ah, oh, boy, not again. We were so close. Yeah. This time we but actually had a goalie too. We have a goalie this time. We don't have like Ray Emery and always our like retreads trying to get out there. Just have lightning in a bottle. Leighton Boucher. Yeah, we also had a goalie that got drafted into the Russian Navy, which is kind of un- unfortunate. I liked uh, what he could have brought here. I think he was um, was a federal Fedotov. Yeah, I'm a Fedotov. Yeah, it's really unlucky what happened to that guy. I thought he would have been definitely. I think he's an NHL ready. I watched a lot of international hockey, and I saw a lot of him. Uh, big dude, six eight. I mean, he's a tall kid. Uh, yeah, he would have been definitely good to have in the in the lineup and give you options Absolutely. at backup, or at least give you some yeah. options to play in the AHL and get a little bit more um, North American style hockey into his game before he moves up. I think that was something that we saw when they signed the entry level contract. Like, oh hell yeah! And then the Russians like, ah ah ah, no, you're not doing that. Actually, he's got to report to uh, Serbia and serve in a naval base, and then. Wherever the hell he's going. So you yeah, mentioned now, and the Flyers are in an, another predicament because they have Troy Grosnick is their supposed backup goalie now. Starter, he's going to be Lehigh's starter this year. Come on, does anybody not believe that he's going well, to? They're going to put Felix Sandstrom up. To uh, they don't even want Sandstrom. They yeah. had to resign him. They should have never got rid of Brian Elliott. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure, Michael Layton um, will come play again. I do want to go back to what you guys said about degenerative hip issues, uh, potentially. Um, now, this is obviously something Chuck must have known prior to making the deal with Nashville, correct? If that is the case, it had to be like that, that was. I mean, out he, there, he wasn't hurt until the what? Game one? Game two, two he got hurt? It's like game four. <laughs> game three. No, he got hurt game two and he came back. He, he played game three, was out, came back for game four, and then was out for the rest of the year. Kind of went down like that. I think he, yeah, he played like three games, and then I think he came back in when they played Dallas. That was a hell of a great three games, though. Jesus. Yeah, he had more, he had more points than the people that we traded for him for an extended period of time. Yeah. yeah so it's it's really I don't know Chuck Fletcher's fifth year. Um, I'm not a Chuck Fletcher guy. Far be it from me to say that. Um, I think it's taken him too long to figure out what he has because he mentioned that he needs to figure out what the young guys can do. Well, Chuck, what have you been doing for the last four years? I mean, that's all this team has really been kind of rolling Hext, through. Hextall has been talking about these young guys for how long, too? Dude, we've been doing this yeah. podcast for, like, almost eight years now. And I remember when Konechny was, tra- uh, was traded, was drafted, right? I remember all these things that happened. <sighs> I don't know. 
frustrating. It is frustrating, and uh, but I do think there's a direction. And I yeah, let's go back it. to that. You did bring it up. You did lead with that. So let's go back to that. Um, so what what yeah. direction do you think it is? Think it was just like a, 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 a we were sold a bill of goods that said something, but really like aha, we're like it's like your parents telling you they'll take you tomorrow, but they hope you forget because they're not going to take you till so next week. Got- so Dave Scott gave us the corporate answer, right? Dave Scott gave us all the corporate. Uh, we want to hear it. We want to feel good about our chances. You know, we don't want to go through another lost season and it's December and we already have a lost season in front of us. Now we don't want to look at the prospect of a yet, yet another lost season right after this one or last one, I guess. So I think he made that statement based on that whole corporate. We want to, we're trying to sell you something, you know, that's what I'm doing here. But the bottom line was there just wasn't logistically something to be done. And, of course, that 2023 first-round pick is what I think was the diamond in the rough or what the sweetener for every trade that Chuck Fletcher wanted to pull off this summer was that 2023 first-round pick. Uh, he probably dangled out the 24 Florida Panther first-round pick that we got for Giroux. Nobody wants that because the Panthers are, you know, president trophy winners. They just added Kachuk today. So that pick is going to be projected out to about like 29. Nobody wants that pick. So. I think it was that Flyers pick in twenty in twenty three next season. I don't think he wanted to part with it. I think he wants to be all in on Connor Bednar. I think that he wants to defy the odds and so get that first round pick for just the second time in all, in Flyer franchise history. And this is the year it's going to happen. So we're going to work our way towards that. We're going to be more competitive, but we're not necessarily going to win more games. We're going to actually lose more, but we're going to be more competitive along that way. Instead of losing six to nothing, we're going to lose six to four. Instead of losing four to nothing, we're going to lose four to three. But we're still going to lose, but we're going to be competitive. We're going to put ourselves in a position for Connor. And we're also looking at 16, close to 17 million coming off the cap next year. When JVR's contract rolls around, Travis Sanheim, who's coming up next year as a UFA, uh, Justin Braun, his second contract, and then a bunch of those 750,000 deals equates almost to 17 million in cap room next season. So that to me, is the, I think the direction, um, you know, McCrimmon's a, um, he's a free agent next year. Kane's a free agent. Tao's a free agent. Vladisenko will be a free agent again. Ryan O'Reilly be a free agent. I definitely think that's the way Chuck is looking to rebuild this team. I said rebuild, not retool. Yeah, I mean, you make a good point there about, you know, hoping that works out for them and everything and, like, yeah. knowing uh, that they aren't going to be able to be that good and they don't want to be too embarrassed to add some pieces to be competitive enough. Um, but the salary cap thing still I'm not sold on, too, because while, yes, those, that stuff's coming off, you also have to extend Sanheim or trade him. You have to uh, – York is going to be an RFA. Frost is going to be an RFA on a prove-it deal. Um, oh, and Tippett, they have to still ex- give a deal to this year. And, and McEwen also went for arbitration, which obviously he's not going to command that much money. And this might be solved within a day or two of this episode coming out. I am still not sold on the cap situation. Um, because you still have, you know, Cam Atkinson still being in the books for a few years. We locked up Farabee, hoping that he, you know, will stay healthy and continue at his pace. But it's just very, uh, there's not much to be excited about. And if, yes, if we do get, if so, sure, if the draft works out in our favor, that'd be awesome. But uh, just, it's, that's not no, the way, it's, it's not it, the way we usually go, up, man. Yeah. It's, it's asking for a lot. If you're going to tank, then tank. Hey, where do you guys stand on Travis Sanheim? I, I, I always referred to him as the poor man's Phil Myers. Uh, where do you guys stand on the Travis Sanheim uh, thing? Is he the future? Is, does he have a future here? I think he's gotten better since he's been here. I think he had a really rough early start. He was always a great skater and great um, offensive gifted uh, defenseman. Even when he was drafted, that was his like kind of thing. He had to kind of grow into his body and kind of pick up on like knowing when to – take certain risks and when not to and just to pick up on like certain situational awareness he's gotten better he's 26 now i mean he'll be 27 by the time the season's wrapping up i think that he still has a future here if the flyers um want to but i think with the addition of d'angelo it's kind of like they're seeing which one of those is going to be you know available i think also with the addition of risk to line in it kind of hurts because you're adding Ristolainen, and I think Doyle, I'll unquote Doyle from back when we extended Ristolainen back in the spring. Uh, Ristolainen's a luxury for this team at this point because he doesn't really provide any kind of need right now. He's the kind of guy you want when you're a contending playoff team and you need a grinder defenseman yep. to really eat up some minutes from your top pair, uh, kill penalties, and body out guys to just win the war of attrition in a seven-game series, which the Flyers, if they smell a seven-game series this year, that'd be cool, but I don't see it happening. Neither do I. 
And yeah, like, Sandheim like and Bristol Line are um, kind of the same boat. They still need, like, you know, to take that next step that everyone's hoping, but they haven't yet. Yeah, I think Sandheim's shown flashes of being a, uh, like, top pair-ish defenseman. Um, he still has his lapses every now and again. I do think, surprisingly, him and Ristolainen work pretty well together as a pairing. But, once again, cap, cap be damned, you have to decide whether or not you're going to re-sign him. And if you do, you have to imagine that his salary is going to start somewhere in the sixes moving forward. So you're going to have, what, how much money wrapped up in defensemen? A lot. Like yeah, 20-something million dollars. And with one that's not playing. Yeah. They have yeah, 25 million wrapped up in there right here. now. So, and also got to extend uh, Atard and uh, York. Yeah, that's... but there's a RFA cap-friendly deals. I'm not saying, yeah. that, you know, I, I got uh, – the, the magical number for me is just – I just felt going into this offseason with Johnny Gaudreau, I, I really wanted them – listen, if it was me pulling the triggers up there, I would have I would have packaged a deal that sent JVR, Konechny, and Provy – uh, somewhere, or you know, I would have I would have been beating the doors down to try to get rid of them three players. Uh, again, JVR is fool's gold. Nobody's taking that deal. I don't even know if they're going to be able to unload him at the trade deadline, even when things are like maybe off the rails. If someone gets hurt, I don't know, man. Don't, don't if there's a team that like they have a forward need, they're like, no, we need a top nine winger that can play the power play and be in the playoffs. He'll score those deflection goals and help provide a net front presence. A team he is he has value in that point, but yes, at seven million dollars, no. But if the Flyers eat salary for half it, so someone gets a rental for the playoffs, they'll take that. That might be. Add, now, like, add like a third or fourth round pick in there as a sweetener. Okay, no problem. Here, take JVR, whatever. I also look at Sanheim potentially getting moved off at the deadline, as well as Justin Braun once again. I, I just They're going to have to try to do something because they have not replaced the production that Claude Giroux did bring to this team. They have not replaced that. I don't know. They're, they're relying on Coots and Hayes to come back to form, and I got that. But um, the presence is not there anymore. We don't have that face of the franchise. We don't have that big ticket item to get people into the seats. It's just, it's going to be a very um, it's bumpy year. It's going to be it's going to test a lot of Flyers fans uh, mojo yeah. this year, big time, let big me, time. Let me be clear, but I didn't mean us had a third or fourth round pick of the trade line. I want to make sure no someone's throwing their phone in their car right now driving. <laughs> I, I meant like they would throw us a third or fourth round top or whatever. Yeah, no, we're not. Throwing, okay, I, I didn't want anyone to think like, wait, we're going to trade JVR on a third round pick. This guy's an idiot. Well, I am an idiot, but not for that reason. Okay. Now, would you have made that move this summer, though, to get cap room for Johnny Goudreau? Uh, short term, yes. Long term, I'd be like, why we signed this guy? He's about to be 30 to a big, long-year deal. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it just – I just wanted a direction. I wanted a plan. I- I'm okay with a plan. I- I'll hang on to a plan. And I just felt like uh, it's like, well, the, the spoiler alert, there was no plan. And it, maybe the plan was, like you said, maybe it was just all hidden and, like, they just wanted to tell us something and really behind closed doors, like, they're just waiting for someone better looking to come along so and get out of this relationship and move on to another one. I don't know. We've all done you it. You can't say tanking anymore. You can't say that's against the rules. Thank you, Sam Henke. You can't use that word anymore. So uh, I, I think when Dave Scott said that, uh, I remember looking at Chuck Fletcher during that press conference, and I could have sworn when he said blank check, I, I saw Fletcher kind of – flinch a little bit like why why did he just say that I, don't be saying that kind of stuff i can't we can't promise that i i, I don't know Blank check is harder than salary cap error in the nhl it's one of the strictest yeah, salary caps and all of them four major sports so so i i just think this was the plan all along it's a rebuild but no one wants to say it no whatever you want to i i think it's a rebuild i think it needs to be rebuilt it's it, it's a bunch of square peg in round hole systems uh john tortorella also wouldn't come here Unless there was a clear plan, I don't think he's that desperate to get behind back behind the bench. Uh, unless there was something like maybe I don't again whatever the plan is that was not made known to him when he took over the position because Tortorella's his headache going is going to explode this year if that's the case because he's just going to get very very frustrated very yeah. quickly with this team. So I don't know. I think going back to the defense too, you kind of do have options, I guess, on how like if you know if Sanheim. If Sandheim and York like perform pretty well, you can maybe move on from Provorov, or if York can perform at Sandheim le- Sandheim's level, and you can get him cheaper, then maybe you move off from him. So I guess they do have kind of options to kind of move around that top four a little bit. But and Ristolainen's contra- contract minus the term is tradable for that year, 
So maybe if you, you could trade rest of the line or a year or two for someone that needs him. If he holds up, the problem is if a couple more years, he's going to be hitting that 30. And I don't know if teams are going to want that $5.1 million. But basically, you got to pay close to $5 million at least to get a top four defenseman that has any kind of offensive or size upside. That's what you pay nowadays. It's just defense. The defensive market is always inflated. It doesn't matter. It's like gas. The prices are always going up. Yeah, especially if they're right-handed. Yes, I don't know why it's so weird. But at least the Flyers have multiple right-handed defensemen and left-handed defensemen. So maybe, according to my NHL lineup on the on the video game, that, that makes it better, according to... <laughs> kidding. I haven't played that in a long time. But still, you need to have that for the chemistry in the line. So that, that's how it makes it work. Um, but just to show you, if, if the Flyers did tank, let's, let's talk about around the NHL. A blockbuster trade went through this weekend. I'm recording this on a Saturday, so if any other things came out, uh, sorry... We're busy. Um, so the Florida Panthers actually made the move of all moves. Uh, Calgary is falling apart. Uh, apparently Johnny Gaudreau obviously didn't see a future there and wanted to move on. Um, and Matt Kachuk was like, I'm not going to stay here either, so figure it out. And so he got traded to Florida Panthers along with a conditional fourth-round pick. The Flames get, in return, uh, first player to reach 100 points in Florida Panthers history, Jonathan Huberdeau. They got uh, defenseman uh, Mackenzie Wegar and then uh, forward Cole Schwint, who's uh, one of their prospects, and a conditional first-round pick. So Calgary just got a lot in order for Matt Kachuk, but I think Florida also got a hell of a player here, hell of a young player to help not just say, hey, we still want to win now and go with it with the guys we have, but also restock with some youth. That's because the Florida Panthers suck so long, they were able to tank and tank and build, and now they have guys like Jonathan Huberdeau who they're able to let go to get other talent. It's crazy to think what could happen if you actually do it the right way instead of being a bubble team. Ran over. Is that what's supposed to happen when you draft correctly? Is that is you're supposed to win the president? I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know, Maddie. I don't think you know either. Because <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> is, that, is that what it's supposed to, to work out? Listen, I think it's a great deal. Um, I, obviously, Florida's all in for, uh, I think, first and foremost, trying to dethrone Tampa as the team of Florida. I think they're getting kind of fed up with not being able to get past them. Uh, but, you know, I have a hard time not looking at the future of what the Calgary Flames have gotten back from Kachuk. Um, you know, uh, you got some younger players, you got Huberdeau, and then you get that 2025 first-round pick. Um, again, Panthers are not what you would want a, a right team to select draft picks off of right now, but it's still something that you could potentially work for. Well, yeah, you get well, yeah, you, you get some players. Calgary's gonna go from up to down this season in just one year, but it is what it is. They get they get a top line talent, they get a top four yeah. defenseman, and then they get yeah. a uh, a forward prospect who was a good scorer at the AHL level who is not going to be able to crack the Panthers lineup as they are right now because they have a lot of top end talent already, and they get a late first round pick. So. For Calgary fans, this has to be good and something, I guess, to look forward to considering that Kachuk wasn't going to stay here. Um, and there's also no guarantee that Florida is going to be able to keep Kachuk either, so he has to figure it out. You know, they have to try to make him say, hey, dude, we're building a winning here. You should stay here. Be happy. Yeah, yeah and if it doesn't work in uh, Calgary, I think they can trade Wegar and Huberdeau because they're both UFAs going after next season. Yeah, yeah. Old Claude Drew should have given it one more year down there in Florida. I think this was the year to be there, honestly. I mean, who knows what the, what the money they want to give him was? And like, obviously, yeah. going to Ottawa, he wants to. Be, he's he's a dad now. I mean, he's like, know what? I gave it a shot down there, and that's that's it. I don't know. Going home. Yep. And everyone and, yeah. and the the narrative is that's why Claude Drew soft. He doesn't care about winning. But I'm like, oh my god, here we go. Here we go. So who's the new, who's the next Flyers captain, boys? Who is the next Flyers captain? Maggie. Um, no, uh, <laughs> I think it's got to be Couturier. Yes, Couturier man. Hayes is going to be an A. Hasn't been here long enough. Couturier's the last piece of the last ten years that's still hanging around. He is like yeah, yeah. he is. Wow, last one standing. And he's he's going to be thirty. He's been around. He became more of a leader as he became a leader at a young age by example and started. And there was reports of him getting more vocal in the locker room. He took the A over very early and became part of that crew. And now that most of that crew is gone, it's like Coots and Provorov are the only guys that have been here for a few years that have had any kind of leadership uh, capabilities on this team that are still around. Then you have guys like Hayes who come in and obviously have that about them as well. And I think you've got to go with Katoria. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be upset about the Hayes selection, but that shows the franchise is 
maybe look into him. I, I don't know. He's a free agent. He's an unrestricted free agent you bring in here. Yeah. And not like as like the Jason Smith UFA. He's like, hey, we have a lot of young guys from this Calder Cup-winning fans team. We need some older vet to kind of like give our team an identity. We know you have, look good with two black eyes. Can we use you in a billboard? This is like Great Kevin Hayes, too. like pretty – what would you say? Great nickname too. What was his nickname again? Gator. Gator, yes. Forgot about that. But this is Kevin Hayes, like the pretty boy, like good two-way player, like, you know, you know, big skater, uh, good in all situations, kind of like, you know, offensive and defensive gifted guy. Not like a guy, not a guy you bring in to, like, give the team identity. He's been around for a couple of years, but he's not exactly, to me, given, given the C, I don't know. But, you know, there'll be plenty of people that will complain about Couturier being, like, you know, overrated and never as good as Bergeron. And this idiots just in Philadelphia always love to shit on the guy with the C on his jersey and the guy between the pipes, no matter what. So, I don't know. Yeah, I wrote an article this summer that didn't go over too well with the fans. Uh, I, You know, I mentioned trading Carter Hart uh, as, as one of the more um, attractive trade pieces that we would have on this team and that having a top – and which – I don't think he's top-end talent. I think he's an above-average goalie. He obviously hasn't played in front of a decent team yet, so we really can't make that final assessment. But um, I'm not a big Carter Hart guy. I think he's decent. I don't think he is the the chosen one. I definitely don't think that. But uh, trading Carter Hart would be, um, to me, Carter Hart's a luxury for this team right now. If if, if we really are a rebuild, you know, I, I look at moving Carter Hart out. I know I got the 30-year curse of not finding a goalie since Lindbergh. I understand that, but... Um, we could get a lot. We can get very healthy for a Carter Hart. And so um, I know what you mean by the, um, but Carter Hart seems to kind of be the exception of that. The people love the kid. They, they think he is the next coming since again, Kelly Lindbergh. So I, but I don't see it personally. Well, he's going to be 24 in a couple of weeks. So he's still very young. And okay, um, Hurts argument this is his third year of his rookie year. So I, I'm, 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 I'm not buying that anymore. I'm not buying that youth thing, but what uh, is Carter Hart's grown up in hockey all his life, international gold medals, this I don't I don't want to hear that. I mean, he should be fully assimilated to the NHL right now. Fully. What has he done in the last year that makes he's not fully assimilated though? He had a garbage team in front of him last well, he year. He also can't stay on the ice. Now now whether or not that's because of the team issues and they're just saving him, I don't know. But he has had injury problems. He has had issues where he does seem to go down a little bit too go to his knees a little bit too fast. He has issues with, with coverage of the puck and the five hole. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying he does not project to be a very good goaltender for the Flyers. I just don't think he's the chosen one and that he should be re- revered in that type of way. That's just my opinion about that. I just you don't, I don't think, good. I don't see the point in trading, unless you are going to go a full rebuild and that's what you're doing. I don't see the point in trading yeah. him because, like, and that that's the case and trade everybody. But, well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a little too soon to say he's not. He's only going to be an uh, above average or a good goaltender because once again he's going to be 24 by the time the season starts. And um, we've seen guys that uh, Carey Price had his rough years in Montreal and still got oh, together. Mark Andre yeah, Fleury had rough years yeah. even towards the end of his career before he bounced back in Vegas. All these guys have had it, and also Carter Hart has not has only had one decent team in front of him, and that was the year COVID shut everything down. And then in the playoffs, he was left out to dry. So the Flyers right. were in a good regular season for a good bunch of that with Vigneault, but And when that was happening, it was good. So I don't know, man. I don't. I don't I'm not, not going to be. Goalies are voodoo. You. Do, go, Either, yeah, goalies are voodoo. You don't know what you're going to get ever. It's, you know, there's too many contributing factors, I feel like, to getting good goalie play and not good goalie play. Like guys oh. who are normally awesome can just not look good and multiple times. Yeah. So I'm interested for this, guys. If say we would have woke up last Wednesday and instead of trading JVR to make cap room, and I got it, it's not the same thing. If the Flyers traded uh, Carter Hart to make cap room and then signed Johnny Grigio, what would you feel about that? No. I'd feel just as bad. Really? No. Yeah. Because like, why, why tr- we don't have a goalie in the pipe. So then who do we play goalie? Sanderson, yeah, um, whoever. <laughs> yeah, guys <laughs> who have no experience. Back to that point, but that's my that's my thing. I mean, I, I just don't understand the reverence that you that people give Carter Hart. I, I got, I know what he represents, and I know what the position is. It's very you build from the net out. I understand that, but when you're in such a dire strait, in my opinion, than this team is right now, this organization is with a lot of prospects and a lot of what could be's question marks across the board. 
um, there's a, there's there's a certain point as a GM, I think you get to, and you're just like, I just it, there's too much. I'm, I'm I'm casting it all away, and we're going to start over again. And I'm not saying Carter Hart's the first piece of that, but I know Carter Hart would be an attractive piece to just about every team in the league, and it might get you the haul back that you that you could execute a proper rebuild. But I, again, I just don't understand. Like same thing with Carson Wentz in this town, where people were all on him. It, 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 we saw how that worked out. I just Joel Embiid, same thing. I, we have not won anything with Carter Hart. I don't know if we ever will win anything with Carter Hart because of the situation with the team as well. So I, I just I get I get frustrated about that because everybody to me is tradable unless you're winning Stanley Cups year after year after year or in in the play for them year after year after year. Everybody on your team should be tradable. Flyers have not been competitive since 2011, as you mentioned. Really, let's face it; they haven't really been. And it's it's not seeming like it's going to turn over overnight, even with Connor Bednar potentially next season in the cap room and potentially signing some free agents. We got to make some drastic decisions, and I just I'm just getting frustrated about not doing it. Well, I think if you rebuild and you're ready in four years, Carter Hart's going to be 27, 28 years old, prime of his career. So why get rid of him? Okay. Uh, I, I mean, you make a point about a lot of their teams, but this this is it's goal it's playing goalie in the NHL. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not establishing him as, like, the chosen one or God, but, like, I mean, he's the only goaltender in our system now with any kind of significant NHL experience. And, I mean, the I Flyers were competitive a few years there. ago, and he wasn't – he did get playoff time. And the Flyers have not had a good defense since the 2011 season. So, Isn't that I – mean, what's happened, man? I mean, I know we went no to No homegrown talent. We don't develop defensemen. That's what it is. We never yeah, have. The Flyers are not good at developing players. Not they're really not. They're absolutely really not. And maybe that's what some of the changes will come down the pipe. I don't know, but um, with Tortorella, the goals against average will go down. It has to go down. It can't get anywhere, especially with a coach like that that preaches a, a good, responsible two-way system. But we'll see how that happens. But once again, like I just, I, I I'm going to have to say hell no to trading Carter Hart. I mean, unless we get something exorbitant back and we're just actually rebuilding. But if that's really what they're doing, I think we would see other trades first because yeah. he's young enough and has more to offer to this franchise. That And it's not like he's making a huge amount of money. He still want to prove it kind of bridge deal right now. Where he's making shy of $4 million. If he is able to continue playing it the way he's playing and play a little better, I think the last year he kind of was able to silence things. He kept us in so many games early on while our team was hanging on by threads with Coots playing hurt, with um, Hayes in and out of the lineup, with Ellis being out, with uh, Nick Sealer playing back at the back end way more than he had to, with Justin Braun playing top pair minutes. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't I think know. it's just you can definitely trade a lot of players, um, but there's still going to be – like nobody's taking Katoria's contract, nobody's taking Hayes's contract, so then you'll still be stuck. It's like how long do you want to rebuild for? I just I don't know. I need more of like some sort of plan semblance and I guess where you pivot if you're gonna trade Carter Hart, because if you trade Carter Hart, sign Johnny Gaudreau, then you just you're gonna be terrible. Just gotta, Even you gotta score so you eight goals. to watch Johnny Gaudreau and your team will probably be what, like put up like forty points, fifty points next year. As opposed to like sixty, so I guess that's good for the tank. So uh, listen, okay, again, kind of going back holistically over the organization. The Flyers are entering their fifty-fifth year this year. Uh, they've made eight Stanley Cup appearances in fifty-five years. That's one every seventeen years. I mean, we're on a six, currently a six-game losing streak in the Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, what else? What are we waiting for? I mean, whatever's been done is not working. Let's let's start it over, man. I I, I got it. It's not that easy, and I understand what all that, but. We're talking like this is a reverent organization that we can't, oh, don't mess with it. It's not working. It hasn't worked for a long, long time. It hasn't worked since in the mid I was two years old when they won their last cup. I mean, and I'm a little older than two now. So I'm, I'm just at a point now where shit or get off the damn pot, man. And that goes for Ed Schneider when he was in charge and Bobby Clark and Paul Ungren. It's not all Chuck Fletcher's fault. This was long before he got here of this dink and dunk mediocre. Now, they went in a lot of big-time moves that they, they were never afraid to spend money, but it was always wrong. It never worked for whatever reason. It almost but, did with Pronger. That was it. That, that In 2011, if Pronger was healthy, 2011, I think they would have went on another run. Absolutely. And they were battling with Emery's hit problem. That really sucked, too. But, God damn, 
that 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 gamble has paid off. And know what? If we had Ellis last year and Hayes and Couturier weren't hurt, yes. I mean they're yeah. banking on that not being a problem either. But at the end of the day, it's like, uh, well, here we are now. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I, it's we, excuses every year. Exactly every year, and it's long before Chuck Fletcher got here. Ron Hextall, Ron Hextall set this organization back at least ten years, and I don't I don't deny that or I don't doubt that. Uh, he set us back a long, long way. But again, it's before he got here, so. You know, when you – eight appearances in the Stanley Cup Finals in 55 years, guys. I mean, let that sink in. Also, let the fact that the, the, the panels, you know, the two panels that are on the Stanley Cup, they're getting ready to come off, man. Their 50-year runs are up in the next couple of years, one of them. So soon we're not going to have any representation on the Cup anymore. It's time. It's time to blow this thing up and, and, and really just do it right again. Do it right from the first – do it, do it right. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, man. It's just well, frustrating. Well, we, well, we shall see. The Flyers do have the standing at this time. They still have a couple. They have about they have four first round picks in the next few drafts. Yes. Um, they have they've acquired some other picks here and there. They don't have any second round picks in the next two years, but that can change with some trades. So I think the Flyers will be active at the trade deadlines. I don't foresee them making a run for the playoffs at all. Yeah. Which yeah. you know no I've, I kind of accepted that. I don't know. Last December, I was like, this isn't going to be solved in a year. But, you know, so you, you didn't think it was? You honestly didn't think they were going to wave the magic blank check and, and solve it in a year? I thought Johnny no, – I thought Johnny – I, 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 I was all, like, talking with uh, Doyle and my other co-host, Jeff. I was like, I think the Flyers should just let all the kids play and evaluate what you have and move some pieces of whatever you can, but don't undersell them because you're, no, you're in no – rush to clear cap space with some of these guys i was all like all right well just hang on to jbr for one more year limblom has one more year i was all for hanging on to shit and just letting it ride and just letting the young guys play and figure it out because at that point you can evaluate what you have you're not gonna you're gonna know it's not gonna be as competitive but you have young hungry guys that can play there maybe tortorella can shape them but then once you start waving or i'm sorry buying out limblom and once you start saying blank check once you start saying all these other things if yeah, you say this and have a plan, retool. yeah, if you're going to do those things, then do them. Or just say, listen, yeah, exactly. guys, it's a rough organizational uh, situation right now. We're trying to evaluate which assets we're worth keeping, which ones we don't want to. Um, no one is, is safe. No one is uh, not expendable. We're going to play the young kids. We're going to give guys like Ronnie Attard and Cam York a good shot at the NHL to see what they're going to be able to do. Uh, they got an extended look last year, and why not do it again next year? But I've seen teams do that. The Devils did that. I, I mean, just want a direction. Like, let, give me a let direction. Figure it out. You're going to retool, retool, do whatever. You've given up all this draft capital, then spend the rest of it to get Johnny Gaudreau and be done with it. Or if you're going to be a stabilization year, whatever this is supposed to be. What does that mean? What is that? Yeah, mean? Then just trade, <laughs> then pivot mean? to trading Travis Konechny, trading maybe Provorov, Sanheim, whatever. Just do it. Yeah. Don't just like yeah, just go halfway like oh aggressive retool. Pitter patter. Yeah, exactly. Is stabilization a new way to say rebuild? Is that what that means? No, that means like wait and see till next year because we're not we're not going to win this year, but we don't want to yeah. make any knee jerk reactions, so we're just going to stay the same. We're going to be on maintenance. It means uh, Kevin Hayes and Sean Couturier will be our free agent acquisitions this year. Oh boy. <laughs> Well, that's definitely not the answer. I think millions of Flyers fans are waiting to hear. That yeah. from well, they don't want to hear anything right now because they I mean <laughs> they just want to. Oh no! Now I want to. Now I want to hear. And the Eagles have a first down. Oh my god! <laughs> that's what I want to hear right now. I want to hear Merrill Reese telling me what's going on because I just I don't care about. I don't care about October for the Flyers right now. I'm more, more worried about my goddamn birthday and Halloween and Columbus Day than I am about the Flyers right now. Is it going to be epic? The amounts of empty seats in the center this this fall. Um, I think it's going think to be too. noticeable on TV, and Jim Jackson's going to do his best to make tongue and cheek comments about it to cover it up. But I think it's going to be a thing. I went to a couple games toward the end of last year just because tickets were, you know, cheap, or I went just for whatever. And oh my god, like the how empty it was. Um, do you think the, the the personnel in the building are going to push everybody out into the lower bowl to make it look like there's more people there? They might, and for yeah, the might. for the people that are there, go, cool, have fun. Um, but <laughs> you won't be catching me in a lot of games, that's for sure. Nah, nah, me I I go to Phantoms games though. I love I love the AHO. Love it. Love yeah, it. Well, that'll be fun. The Phantoms have some. The Phantoms actually have some good prospects on there. Tyson Forster and all that stuff. Zade Wisdom. You have some guys there that like you know can bring a little excitement yeah. into the game. 
But um, you know, I'm not going to be doing many of the Flyers visits. They can, uh, and you ain't going to see me Xfinity much or any kind of stuff. I mean, whatever. I'll be, I'll be finding other things to do with my time, like knitting or crocheting, <laughs> learning, learning a new talent that I have because I'm not doing that. I don't know, man. But uh, yeah, so the, I think it pretty much goes down to it for us this week. We got McEwen, the arbitration. We'll see how that goes on. Basically, he he's waiving his RFA status for another year, and he gets to you know why why wouldn't he go to arbitration? Like, all right, so you gave this other guy like one point seven five for this many years, so why can't you give me uh, something similar? I think McEwen yeah, will get the same exact thing. Maybe like you know get a one point two million, maybe maybe tops one million. Yeah, I'm, keep going, keep going down. Seven fifty sold. <laughs> I'm, I don't know. I'm just saying he made he was making like just shy of a million. He's making eight twenty five, and I think he proved that he's worth more than that. What he did for the organization last year, he's worth really? more. Than, I think he's I think he's going to get close to a million, maybe nine hundred or a million. Yeah, one point one, one point two being the max part of that. But um, oh, I don't know. God, please say, please trade him. Oh, I, case. I mean nine hundred k a millions tops. That's what I'm thinking, but. I still can't believe what we gave up for him. I really can't. Ugh, man. What, for McEwen? No, for Risto. I thought you were talking about Risto. No, I'm talking about McEwen. Oh, I was thinking about Risto. No, McEwen, okay, arbitration, like he was making 825 last year. I think he's going to get close to a million. So I know McEwen. I worked with the um, uh, Utica Comets uh, a couple years back when he was in the Vancouver system before Utica switched over to the Devils. And yeah. he was working for equipment people. Uh, so I met Zach. I've, I, I know him. He's a good dude, man. He's a really good kid. He's, a, he's, a, he's an edgy player. He's... Uh, personally, a very nice guy. So, um, yeah, why not? I like them here. I like him. I just think it's redundant to sign Nick Delorier when you already have Zach. Well, Kim. I don't. We could just kept Limblom and McEwen and not had to sign this guy at all, and they both would have been happy. And it's fine. Yeah, let's sign a guy who's good for the playoffs when you're so, never going to be in the playoffs. Let me ask you about the Oscar Limblom thing. Okay, I know I got it. It's it's optically confusing about why he was released because of rebuilding, retooling. But let me ask you about the production of the man himself, Oscar Limbaum. Was he anything? Do you think ever going to recapture that pre-cancer form that he had? And, and you know, he went off. I don't think I'll so. I'll answer with this: He got signed the next day for five hundred thousand dollars less by San Jose, right? So, yeah, but my so- point is. This. What was his ceiling for the Flyers? Or what is his ceiling in the NHL? Is it NAK status? Is he is he going to be dropping the cup for the for the Sharks here in a couple of years? But, it, I mean, is he more than a third-line guy? Is he, does, is he a second-line talent? Can he crack a second line on some other team? I think it's possible, I mean, but I don't... Previously, yes, you could say. I mean, he's his, he's come back around more in the second half of last year. But, I mean, right now, he's probably, like, more third line ceiling than second line ceiling i'd say yeah so that's what i just don't understand the getting just buying him out where like you maybe could have traded him at the trade deadline and yeah. like not had to do that and eat some dead money to yeah. too yeah me too i don't know why they did that i don't know why they didn't trade him uh maybe they tried no one again it was like the flyers had the worst poker hand this offseason because everybody knew everyone knew yeah everyone knew it was like all right you're trying to get rid of these contracts and shed salary yeah. and you're probably trying to do this <laughs> i want know. nine first round picks for him you know i mean that's what they were all but sir we only have two well i want nine so figure it out like you know <laughs> damn it yeah it's that that whole thing just i mean i understood it from a business perspective i was like, okay this is what they're going to do they're doing this to make room for Gaudreau. this makes sense okay that sucks but that makes sense but at this point you do that and now we're just adding some depth signings i'm like oh, i don't know if i like this as much when we already had that depth and he was serviceable he's a good two-way player it wasn't like we needed him for goals out there at the moment he was a good player in his not- own end as a winger so you're going to need him on your third line and not not replacing the production from Giroux, and I think they guess they want Couturier and Hayes to do that. And you know, fair well, Nick Delaria ain't going to do it, so I don't no. know what <laughs> um, I don't know what the hell they're doing. But uh, uh, Justin Braun, why why is what what made Justin Braun so attractive? Just for one million to fill out your depth yeah. and your defense, so Nick Sealer doesn't have to take a lot of uh, <laughs> take a lot of starts. That's really what it is, I think. Justin Braun, we, we traded him and traded him at the deadline. Like, no, what, dude? Why don't you come back for one more rodeo? We'll try to keep you off the first pair. We got this young kid, D'Angelo, now. We'll try to throw him out there as best we can. And you can play third-pairing minutes like you're supposed to and uh, go out in the sunset of your career playing for an organization that appreciated you the last couple of years. Sounds good? And they're like, yeah, sure. 
Um, this is all Niskanen's fault. Don't forget. So I don't know. No, yes, no. I, I, I yes, I'm aware of Matt Niskanen effect here. It's, it seems to be the uh, the, uh, the reason why we're in the defensive perils that we're in is because you retired out of nowhere and you know he was brought on the Ryan Ellis and now the Tony Delangelo. So yeah, I'm aware of that. But that's, and that's that's a shame because you know Matt Niskanen was a decent player, but he was not. I don't know. I don't actually even think he was first line pairing. I didn't. I never thought he was that that good he, he was a top and four defenseman totally. that won a couple cups i mean that's that's when yeah, he has right. the experience and he, he helped stabilize provorov by being a good defenseman but provorov has not had a stable partner throughout his whole tenure here so do you think that's what's been holding provorov back that's not the only thing but i think that i mean a lot of times you see these younger defensemen on all our teams that are doing well and they seem to have some sort of stable presence with them at all times we don't really have that he hasn't had that his best yes, years looked when he was with Gostas Bear, the one game with Ellis. And when he was with Niskanen, he was, oh, Provorov's finally developing into what we thought he would be and not jumping back and forth between being paired with Ghost and um, Andrew, McDonald. Andrew McDonald. Yeah. Do you think it's concerning that Provorov hasn't reached the point in his career where other players are looking at him as that stabilizing presence? Why does he still have to look on others as a stabilizing presence? I mean, that's really kind of what my question is, is how much longer – because right now he should be a leader. He should be the guy that everybody else wants to be paired with because he should be that presence. And yet we still think of him needing the presence. So that's what's concerning with me with Provorov. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I don't think he's a number one defenseman at this point in his career. Yeah, I think he's more of a number two. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I so like, he's he's kind of guy who, like, would doesn't need, like, an elite defenseman with him, but he needs someone that can play with him. Um, maybe, like, a, uh, a Braden Coburn. Not so much like a, a, a Braden Coburn in his prime. Not so much, maybe a little better than that, but not. I obviously won't score in his own net. That's probably it's a horrible. I think reference he just needs to a better puck mover with him. Yeah, it would have been nice to see him and Jacob Chickering together. I thought we could have maybe made that move happen. Doyle's made that mention before. That would have been sick. That would have been nice. Yeah. That would have been nice. But yeah, man, I don't know. You guys got anything else before we wrap this one up? We'll let the people go. And the this last full week of July, it's been hot as balls out this weekend. So, yeah. um, no heat <laughs> strokes here. No heat strokes here. But, Matt, I want to thank you for coming on the show, man. So tell people where they can find you and anything like that. Uh, as Andy Reid would say, time's yours. Absolutely. Uh, listen, boys, it's been a pleasure and an honor to come talk with you. I hope I can come back again. Um, so you can find me. Never. Week I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can find me on the edge of Philly sports every week. Tuesdays at 9 p.m. I host Talking Philly Sports with Matty B. As well as on the edge of Philly sports after every Phillies game, I do the post-game show called The Fight is Final. And then coming this fall. Clear the Ice, a Flyers postgame show that will follow every game or every at the end of every Flyers game, God willing, that I'll oh, be able to hang in there beyond Christmas. But it is my intent to see it through because um, this is just a bump in the road, folks. We're going to we're gonna rise above this here in the next, I don't know, 10 years, I guess. Uh, you actually can pre record all of the losses right now. Like, so the Flyers just lost 6 <laughs> nothing. The Flyers lost a hard fought game. They finally fought back. They lost 3 1 after that goal into the game. What an amazing display of defense. Just pre record all of them. That's what you're going to hear most of your storylines. <laughs> so, guys, before, I, before we go, I, I do want to hear because I've listened to a lot of your stuff, and you guys are you're, you're, you're the perfect line between Homer and realist when you guys do your shows, and I really enjoy it. I, I don't. I hate people with the glasses on. I don't like the red glasses, the green glasses, or the orange glasses. Everybody keeps you guys keep it real, and I really appreciate that. But what is Drew and Doyle's ceiling? If we can flash forward or fast forward out to next April, the end of the season, give me the Flyers. Don't give me a record, but where where, where are we? And, and what what did we learn from this season, guys? Real quick, what did we learn? In the words of uh, Clubber Lang, pain. Uh, it's it's going to be a tough one, man. I don't know. I think the Flyers uh, last season finished with 61 points. If they get close to that, I will be surprised. Honestly, I yeah. they don't have Claude Giroux carrying them for most of the yeah. season. They really don't have an identity on this team. They're going to have to find it with Tortorella and training camp and offseason workouts. That's It's going to be... Now, once again, if they do well, I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, well, they suck anyway. I'm going to be happy if they do well. I'm not saying I want them to. I'm never that kind of guy. Like, I hope they suck. I hope they suck in that they get good draft picks out of it and they are able to give some young guys some play that make mistakes and learn from them and have a coach like Tortorella who can teach them. But holy shit, I don't know, man. I just feel like we've, we have a coach and some players on this team that are like, all right, this is what you do when you're ready to like go for a playoff run. 
but we aren't even ready to do that. So there's like we have mixed we have mismanaged pieces right now. It's like you got like your you got your farmhouse decor mixed with your boho right here, and home goods ain't working. I don't know what we're doing. How about you, Doyle? What do you think the uh, epitaph of the 2022-23 Flyers will be? It's gonna be a rough one, I tell you. <laughs> here it lies. Sums it up, I guess. Here lies a bunch of shit. Buried yeah, beneath. It's, yeah, I'm not. This is the first time in a while that I just have nothing to look forward to in it going into a flyer season. I agree. That's that's yes. also what hit me like a thunderbolt. Not, not since the Ross Farwell years have Who? I not expected. Uh, do you remember the general manager that came on after Clark that was replaced by Clark? That guy. Oh, that, um, that was the the short, uh, the like the early the early two thousand. Yeah, that, that's the feelings I have of this team. This was like the early nineties when you know as we got ready for the Lindros thing. But uh, that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. There's just a bunch of square square pegs, you know, in a round hole team right now, and it's just it's there's nothing to look excited. There's nothing to look forward to, and you know we have the whole season ahead of us yet, and that's what's really scary. Yeah, it's only July. We still have a whole month of summer to enjoy ourselves and get a tan and get a sunburn and have some fudgy wudges at the boardwalk. But here we are talking about the (laughs) doom and gloom of the fall coming. So uh, I think we should just end on that and understand that, like, life will be okay. And picking up knitting or crocheting, you'll be all right. It'll be be fine. That's my... my, Read a book. Read read a goddamn book, okay? Read the good book if you have to. Not that good book. (laughs) I don't know. But, Matt, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. And all our listeners out there, thank you for joining us. Make sure you go check out Matt on Edge of Philly Sports Network every Tuesday night. You can check it on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, all that streaming on the Edge of Philly Sports Network, 9 p.m. Talk on Philly Sports with Matty B. And go check out the rest of the Edge of Philly Sports Network. We probably unplugged them in, like, weeks because we've been so busy crying about this team. And uh, I hope you guys all have a good rest of your week. We'll see what happens with McEwen. There's really nothing else to look forward to except for maybe, I don't know, Maybe your 401k will bounce back this week, people. I don't know. Good luck to you. Peace. Trial at the aisle. That's what I'm looking forward to. Oh, yeah, the, the shirtless, oiled-up boys. That's what I want to as well. Matt, thank you for bringing it up for me. That's a reason to live. Here we go. Later, everybody. This has been the Broad Street Bully Podcast with your hosts, Drew Papsky, Jeff, and Doyle. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. Check out BroadStreetBully.net for the latest episodes and daily content about the Philadelphia Flyers. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at the BSB Podcast. Yeah, that, da, 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 da.